Hello and welcome into Three and a Half Guys. I am Alec Rapp and with me as always is Miles Metter and Alex Schmidt. So guys, the MLB season has just started uh, about two weeks ago. They have 10 plus games under their belts, most teams. Uh, the MLB has been doing things a lot different from the NHL and the NBA. They have not gone with a bubble, obviously, because there are so many players. And because of this atmosphere that they're in, that they're still traveling, there's no bubble. 20, more than 20 games have been postponed, um, ranging from the Marlins, Phillies, Cardinals, Tigers, uh, Yankees. It's just, it is just spread. Um, the Marlins were the first team to really struggle with the virus. Um, the team today was just cleared to finally get to play their next games. Uh, they will be playing the Orioles in the upcoming series, but the team has missed uh, over nine days full of games um, because of multiple positive tests. They had 21 people within their program test positive. Um, allegedly, the players knew that they had it. They they were at a club, I believe, and they played anyway. And there's a very similar scenario for the St. Louis Cardinals. They have 13 cases at the moment. Allegedly, they went to a casino. So you have a club and a casino, and both of those are breaking the MLB's rules. So my question to you guys is what should the MLB do about you know these violations of their coronavirus rules uh, and how how do you guys think they're going to be able to recover from missing so many games? You know, um, I personally think that, um, you know, they could have shut down the season. I mean, there were already talks with Rob Manford after the Marlins, and there were talks after the Cardinals, obviously. But I don't think that it's fair to the 28 other teams to punish them with the cancellation of a season just because certain players on certain teams can't t- can't take enough responsibility for themselves and the safety of other players to not go out to a club or a casino. You know, um, I definitely think that Rob Manford needs to be more strict about stuff. You know, he's obviously tried to limit the high fives, hugs, walk-off celebrations, stuff like that. But he definitely needs to be more strict on what the players are doing outside of the field. Because you can have it on the, you cannot have it on the field and spread it if you don't have it. But if you come with it from being off the field, then you can spread it to other guys just sitting in the dugout. So there's definitely a lapse of judgment from the teams, the organizations, and even the ownerships. I I think it all started back in March when they had no plan. They didn't know what to do. They didn't handle it right. And I think they really should have had a better plan, like a bubble, like the NBA, because the NBA, they have hardly had any. I don't think they've had any uh, test positive in so far in this bubble. And it's working out perfectly. There's some great games that are going down. So I I think it's, it's all what Rob Manford did. And he's, he has made some mistakes in the past, you know, with the Astros and the Red Sox and all that. But I, I think it all starts back when it first came and he didn't handle it right. I think the fact that there are teams every day almost getting uh, more tests, more tested positive and more cancellation of games every day, I think it's a concerning sign. And I think that that I don't, I don't think shutting down the season is the right option, but 
it, it would just it just looks weird to have a team that's one and two playing in like twelve games in. It's just it, the MLB handled it wrong, and they should really own up to it. They really screwed over almost everyone in baseball. Yeah, and Alex, you mentioned it, the whole bubble thing with the NBA and the NHL. The NHL has had over 7,000 tests, and none of them have come back positive. And the same goes for the NBA. There were no positive tests. But, you know, the, the big issue with baseball and, and football is that, you know, it's a 40-man roster. It's a 54-man roster. You have these huge rosters, and you're you're taking that across 30 teams, 32 teams, and it just creates – some issues because you probably aren't going to have enough facilities in one area for those players. So I think that the MLB really couldn't have done a bubble unless they would have built some sort of facility, I guess. Um, But really like, like you had mentioned, they shouldn't, they shouldn't cancel the season just because two teams don't know how to follow the rules. If anything, those two teams, it should just be like, sorry, you can't play the rest of the year. We set simple rules. You should have followed them. Now, if I, they I think do- I would say more like they, I don't think they should be in a bubble. I just think that they should have known what to do three months in advance instead of doing it in June. You know, they didn't really have well, a plan of what to do. Yeah, they definitely should have because, you know, baseball has been struggling with ratings for so long now. And if you look, the first NBA game back had the most the most views of any NBA game ever, I believe. And, and so it's baseball, baseball, uh, baseball had like a, they had like 4.6 million views, like the most yeah. they've had, I think, I think in many years with the national. Exactly. Community. So, so here's, here's another thing about the MLB rating for type of thing. If they had just figured out what they wanted to do with the season itself, besides all the arguing that they had going on with Rob Manfred, the owners, and the Players Association, then they would have had way better ratings than they did. Oh, most definitely. And, you know, people people were getting very hungry for sports. You saw with The Last Dance, that hit the, the most views of any documentary ever to air. And uh, had baseball come back, I, I said it months ago. I said it back in you know May. I said baseball should be the first sport to come back. This is how you revive the game. Um, but they obviously didn't. They had some issues with money from players and owners. But moving on, you know, this season, despite the terrible things that have been going on with the Marlins and Cardinals, we've seen a lot of players start to do really well. Uh, some guys I want to focus on is Nicholas Castellanos, the uh, right fielder for the Cincinnati Reds. He was a Cub last year, traded from the Detroit Tigers to the Cubs. Little iffy. He started his Reds career tremendous, 11, 11 games with a hit, and then six home runs in the past week. He had two in the first game against the Tigers uh, that helped, helped them when the first half of that doubleheader, they ended up winning both games. Another guy is Aaron Judge. Uh, he, as much as people don't like him, he just has so much power. He absolutely demolished the baseball against the Red Sox with four home runs. Um, another guy, Shane Bieber from the Twins, broken MLB record. He had 25 strikeouts, I believe, in his first two starts. He has 34 um, in in three games so far. 
If we're looking at teams, for me, one team that has really stuck out and it's, they've flown under the radar, but the uh, the Baltimore Orioles, they're, they're five and three this year. And I don't really know that that many people could have seen that happening. They, they had the second worst record in baseball last year at 54 and 108, and they've just come out playing really good baseball. I don't know if that's a matter of, you know, they're not they're used to not playing with any fans in the stands so it's not much of an issue for them um but the, the Orioles have really shocked me this year but what wh- who who has stood out to you guys you know um one player that obviously stands out to me um obviously as you mentioned it um Aaron Judge he's definitely been lining it up you know um he always has been he will for many many years but um you know, if I'm talking about MLB teams that have really surprised me this year, I could really name one. And as you said, that's the Orioles too. Just because the Orioles, obviously they're five and three, but if they had played that series against the Marlins, they probably could have been seven and four or even eight and three, just because the Marlins aren't necessarily good. You know, another one that sort of stuck out to me so far, the Chicago Cubs are doing incredible right now. Like they're, eight and two, I believe, you know, um, they've just been lining it up game in game out. Now you could blame that on an easier schedule that they've had so far. You know, um, they obviously got two easy wins against the Royals, but, um, they've definitely shown that they are good enough to compete this year. Yeah. I think a team that has really stuck out and they kind of did last year too, that first half of the season was the Padres, you know, right now I think I think they're tied unless they played yesterday. They, they're tied for first in the National League West with the Dodgers. You know, they've, they've had some – they have one of the best farm systems in baseball. They have some of the best young guys in baseball. You know, they're really a team that I would watch out for if, if really anybody. But I would say a player that has stuck out in the wrong way was Jose Altuve. He has been just batting like one – I think it was 130. You know, he struck out. He's been grounded out. He's been getting, getting thrown out in the bases. He's had errors. It's just – he's – He's in that early season slump that people have had, and that's really stuck out. Um, let's see, I would say, I would say, any Reds pitch, any Reds player has done fantastic. I would say Scott or Tyler Alexander was it Scott or Tyler Alexander the uh, the Detroit Tigers, you know, nine strikeouts in a row, um, which was incredible. Uh, there's just so many people in baseball right now that have been doing great. There's so many people that have been doing bad. I, I would say the Padres are definitely the team that I did not expect, but I kind of did. You know, they, they have the talent, yeah. but, you know, you just sometimes you don't – they don't always perform at the end of the year, and it might be this year. You never know. Another team that's really been performing well is the Colorado Rockies. You know, they're 7-2 and two right now. Um, they took two out of three from the Rangers going to Globe Life their first time there, I believe. You know, um, the first time that it's ever been played there, you know. The Rockies are definitely coming out in the NL West, which is a very strong division, and they are playing incredibly well. You know, I I, mean, I wouldn't really take anything away from the Rangers series. The Rangers just they're struggling to do every single thing possible. You know, they they got a little bit of glimpse on Sunday against the Giants, but they they cannot hit the ball, they can't field, they can't pitch. It's been like that for three years. It's going to be a nightmare this year if they can't pick it up because right now they're they're basically if they if they win. If they can't win at least four more games in the next ten, they're out. It's it's just it's way too hard in that division with the A's and surprisingly the Angels 
and uh, the Astros to compete. And I mean, yeah. looking at it, they they also took sorry, Alec. Um, they also they swept the Athletics. You know, pretty talented team. You know, they also they took three out of four, I believe, from the Padres, which is extremely impressive. You know, you obviously said the Padres are good, but they're definitely a very talented team. Now, Miles, you had mentioned a player that hasn't been doing well. One guy that comes to mind for me, and it's not – he's been a decent hitter this year, but pitching, it's Shohei Otani. Uh, I expected a lot more from him. His first outing, he didn't even get through the first inning, and he was pulled. And then this last outing that he had, I believe he was pulled after the second inning, and the he Angels had, announced he had shoulder tightness. Yeah, he's, yeah, well, he's the, not the yeah, he's not pitching the rest of the year. In my opinion, he was so over. I know this is probably way off topic, but he is so overhyped going into last year. Yeah. He, in my opinion, I don't think he can be able to pitch anymore. I think that this injury is going to set him back six weeks, and then that, that's until he can pick up a baseball, and then he needs to take at least two more weeks to be able to get ready. That's eight weeks. You're basically at the end of the year. The Angels aren't yeah. making the playoffs no matter what. So it's it's basically pointless to keep on pitching. He has. He didn't have the best of mechanics, and he, his arm's not going to be able to be throw a baseball at all if he keeps up trying to pitch. So, and he, he's going to be able to yeah. hit, I think, next this week possibly. So, it's it's really it, it's it's a really bad choice for Otani to keep on pitching if he does. It is, and I know I know the the big issue with the Angels, of course, is their pitching rotation. Now, you had mentioned it, Miles, earlier. Uh, one record that we've already seen broken this year. Tyler Alexander from the Detroit Tigers came in in the first game of a doubleheader against the Cincinnati Reds, and he struck out nine consecutive batters. That is that is an MLB record for a reliever. It was the AL record. Um, Tied with Doug Fister. Yes, Doug Fister uh, also did this as a Tiger. So you have two Tigers with nine straight strikeouts. He was one away from tying the MLB record set by Nolan Ryan and Randy Johnson. Um, he actually had a batter in a one-two count, but unfortunately hit him in the elbow, um, which resulted in that streak being broken and then struck out a guy the very next at-bat. So that could have been 11 had he had he not hit, hit the player. Another guy from the Tigers, Miguel Cabrera, uh, he moved up on the bases list. So total bases, he is now 25th in – uh, MLB history, and he needs 19 hits to move up to 50th all time. Some guys that we could see breaking records. Anthony Rendon is two hits from 1,000. That one will definitely happen, barring some sort of setback. Um, Albert Pujols, this is one that is everybody has their eye on. He's he's two home runs away from 700, which will tie the great Willie Mays for fifth all time. Um Clayton Kershaw, that's another guy. He has 30 strikeouts from 2,500. You'll likely see him get that this year, despite it being a shortened season. But um, th- what what record here excites you the most? I think probably all of us can agree that somebody hitting 700 home runs is just phenomenal. But uh, is there one that sticks out to you guys? Um, you know, definitely the, um, the Adier Molina record, obviously, that sticks out to me the most you know hitting seven home run, 700 home runs easily puts you at one of the best hitters of all time 
you know, I also think that the Tyler Alexander thing, um, him pitching, throwing nine straight strikeouts, that is extremely impressive. Um, it's hard enough to throw three consecutive strikeouts, but nine, you know, it's just, it's really impressive. I think the fact that Pujols is still in the league, you know, he had the Angels overpaid him so much, you know, like they usually do. Uh, I think the fact that he's about to get to 700 is just insane. You know, he's not, he can't even move on the bases. So uh, it's, it's pretty impressive. I think, um, what was the other one you, you said? The, uh, Anthony Rendon, it's two hits from a thousand. The first Cabrera's one said, Oh, Cabrera, Cabrera. Yeah. I think that's awesome. I mean, two really old guys that have been in the league since Cabrera's been in the league since 2000, I think. Um, you know, he's still, he's still hitting the, he was hitting the ball great. in the first week it's, it's just crazy how these old guys are, are really performing really well. And, you know, both of them can't move, both of them can't play in the field. It's just, it, it's crazy how the, it's just crazy. I, I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah. That, that Tyler Alexander one though, that one really got me. I was watching that game and, you know, I, it, it never really hit me. I was like, man, he's pitching really well. And I was, and I didn't. I just didn't really think about it. And then the announcer said, "You know, oh, he's he's one away from breaking the reliever record." And I was like, "What?" And sure enough, he gets it. And then, and then, of course, the next batter comes up and he hits him. Uh, that was definitely not one that I wanted to see. But uh, that was that was. Ju- it's just cool to see history being broken. You know, right before your eyes. Like th- it's not something that happens every day in baseball or in sports in general. Uh, moving on, I want to talk about uh, some of the prospects this year. So obviously with a shortened season, you don't have your minor league teams playing. That The farm systems are pretty much stagnant. So MLB teams are not really pulling anybody up, and there's no September call-ups uh, like you normally see in baseball. So uh, there's – there's not a lot of guys that we're going to see come up to the majors this year. Um, for me, there's a guy who is the starting center fielder right now for the Seattle Mariners, Kyle Lewis, who has been playing really well. He's batting 386. He has three home runs. He actually, last night, uh, his hitting streak was snapped, but he was third, I believe, with seven, seven games, seven or eight game hitting streak. Um, which is was the third most for a Mariner starting his career. Uh, another guy, there's two really strong pitchers that stand out to me. The first guy is Mackenzie Gore, a left-handed pitcher for the Padres. He's the number five prospect in the MLB pipeline right now. He'll likely be called up. Uh, they're expecting him within the next week or so to get that that spot in the Padres rotation. The other pitcher, of course, is Casey Mize, the 2018 number one overall pick for the Detroit Tigers. Tigers pitching staff has been doing really well this year. Spencer Turnbull uh, has been phenomenal. That was a guy that they kind of expected not to do that great and possibly get replaced, but uh, he is he's been their best pitcher without a doubt this year. So we're still waiting to see Casey Mize come back up. Um, another guy, the number one prospect right now in baseball is Wander Franco, the shortstop for the Tampa Bay Rays. I don't know that we're going to see him this year. 
the Rays don't have much to play for. Uh, I don't. I just don't think they're going to make the playoffs. So they might hold off, give him another year uh, to just develop as a player. Who who do you guys who who do you who do you think people should be watching out for? You know, um, I mean, I, I might be a bit biased here with the White Sox, but I have two White Sox guys in particular. You have Luis Roberts. He is an incredible power hitter. He plays more of a DH type of guy. You know, he entered at the beginning of the year, obviously, but he's extremely talented. And Nick Madrigal. Now, Madrigal is less of a power hitter, and he's more of a get singles and doubles. He's a very quick kid. Um, you know, he is definitely somebody to watch out. They've been really praising him since 2017. He's been in that farm system for a while now, and he's definitely been having chances to come up and then just get shot down, then come back up, shot down. But he's definitely – he he was four for four in his first game. You know, that – and all four of them were singles. So he's obviously not going to be hitting 30 home runs a year, but he'll definitely have one of the best batting averages in the league consistently. Yeah, I have uh, Gavin Lux. He is the second-ranked prospect in the pipeline right now. Uh, he's a shortstop. I mean, he has so much potential. He's with the Dodgers. Um, I think he – they said he possibly can come up this year. I don't know if he's actually on the roster right now. Uh, but, I mean, next year I think he's going to be terrific. So he's one guy. And then I would say half of the Astros pitching staff, you know, they're, they're – that's most of those guys are from draft picks. Uh, I think it's Framber Valdez. He pitched uh, against the Dodgers. He pitched six innings, first ever start. He pitched fantastic. And he's one of the guys I think is needs to be watched out for, for sure, because he has so much power. It was against a really good Dodgers lineup too. Um, but the, the Astros, when they were back in their bad days, they got a lot of draft picks. They've really cashed in on those, some of those guys for, you know, in recent years. So I, I think the Astros have done a really good job and, and Framder Valles is one of the guys to watch out for as well as Gavin Lux. Yeah, I think, you know, MLB, despite the fact that it it seems to be dying, I think it's in good hands. You mentioned it in our last MLB podcast, Miles, you know, Fernando Tatis is the new face of baseball. You have so many young stars. You know, you have Aaron Judge, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. If you look at some of these prospects, Wander Franco, Joe Adele, who just got called up by the Angels, Gavin Lux. There's there's just so much to be hopeful for for the game of baseball. Um, now, I will say I I don't like some of the things that the game of baseball has been doing, and we're, we're going to move on to our debate section. And I, I want to get your guys' opinion on the – Double header being seven innings rather than you know two two full nine inning games and what you think about that and what baseball is doing as a whole to try to change the game and to appeal to the younger generation. You know, um, I'm I'm actually fine with the seven inning um, double header games, just because you know you have teams like the Marlins coming up this year that. Um, you know, two and one right now because they only got to play three games because of the outbreak and they need to really get out the games and get going. So you can definitely understand where they're coming from in that sense. However, I don't agree with the extra innings rule specifically where you put a guy on second base during every extra inning just because if somebody gets a single and you have a quick guy on second base, then it's over. You know, 
it just doesn't make sense from a fan and playing standpoint. Uh, I mean, I think seven innings is doing well. Uh, it's much needed because, you know, I play high school baseball and seven innings is what we play too. And it's, you know, the game goes by and in about two hours, they need the two hour games. They don't need to have another three hour game on top of another three hour game or four hour game usually. So I think that's a really good idea, but I'm going to disagree with you, Alex. Having the runner on second base is so crucial to time. It might not be fair to some teams. We've seen a lot of faster games, faster uh, extra inning games, because there's you get a better opportunity to win the game. And and let's say the first team, they have a runner on second base. They get three outs without scoring the runner. That's their fault. They didn't get the runner in. And for the other team to do it, they win the game. That's just It's just baseball, and I think it might not be fair right now, but it's really, in the long term, it's a really good idea, and they've been – I don't know if they've needed to be doing that, but it's something that has been needed to do right now. Has It needs to be happening right now. Sorry. You know, um, personally, I just don't agree with taking out the suspense and the possibly, possibility of having multiple extra innings. That's what makes extra innings fun, in my opinion. You know, yeah, but yeah, of course, it, it can be fun. It doesn't have to be fun to you, but it's also about the time. Let's say you start at eight thirty, or you say you start at seven, and you're going to ten thirty, and then you go to extra innings. Let's say there's no runner on second base, you go to fifteen innings in one night, and then you need to play the next day. You know, it's just it's really something during this time period that needs to happen, and I'm glad they're doing it because it's a really good idea. One of the Look, few I'm ideas gonna, Manfred's had. I'm gonna side. I'm going to side with Alex here on the second base thing. And the reason is for me, the most memorable baseball experiences that I have had watching baseball on TV has been watching the 23 inning games. Um, Back in 2011, I watched the Phillies play a 19 inning game against the Reds. And, you know, it's just so much fun. It's exhilarating. I mean, you know, some people for them, it's boring. You know, you're sitting there, all right, guys, can we, can we do something? But for me, it's exhilarating, like just waiting here and, and, you know, are they going to get a run here? Oh, they get a run. And then you're waiting in the bottom of the inning. Oh, they get a run. So it's just back and forth. Now I know, you know, we have seen this whole second baseball and the uh, Pirates and Cubs, I believe went 13 innings the other day. So it is possible to go. Uh, longer innings but I know you know you're citing time which of course for the players that's big but as a fan I just love watching those 19 20 inning games well, well guess yeah. what Rob Manfred doesn't Rob Manfred doesn't care he cares about this season finishing and you know players players don't like playing to the 18th inning I mean they might but right they, that's just it's just necessary for the time and second there's been some really good extra inning games this year. Like the Astros Dodgers game, I was I was sitting on the edge of my seat the whole time. You don't know if, if they scored, then the Astros would come back and score again. It it makes I would say the second base makes it more fun because then but, let's say the the top the top of the inning team scores first and then the other bottom of the inning team has a chance to score and let's say they don't, then that's you know it, it's 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 more exciting, I think. Because it, it gets the over faster, but also you know, um, you can bunt twice and get somebody in. You can just bunt twice. No, not, not necessarily. You can – not necessarily in, in the majors. You can't bunt twice and expect – you would have to lay down the perfect bunt to okay, get a okay, run okay. home from third. That doesn't make sense. No. 
you can bug somebody, you can bug advance to third, and then all that it takes is a single, and it's okay. Well, that's not as easy as you think. Bunting is not as easy, but that's that's a more personal topic. Let's get on to the next question. All right, this is going to be a fun one. Uh, I know Miles disagrees with us on this one, but the Los Angeles Dodgers reliever Joe Kelly has been suspended eight games for his part, and I guess you could consider it a well, it was a bench clearing against the Houston Astros where he threw the ball behind, I believe it was Alex Bregman and Carlos Correa. No, no, three, three, three players, players heads. He threw it at, he threw it at, right. he didn't throw it above two players, he threw it at three players, three players. All right, so the MLB on ESPN, they did a poll. 86% of people said it was too harsh. 6% said it was too light. 8% said it was just right. Um, for me, the first thing I thought was I didn't even know the benches were allowed to clear because, you know, social distancing, guys. Um, but I, I will start with Alex. I'd like to get your take on this. Was it too harsh to suspend Joe Kelly for eight games? Simple answer is yes. Um, eight games in a 60-game season is about one-eighth of the season. And it's not like he he didn't necessarily hit them. He has more punishment right now than the Astros did for cheating their way into the World Series. Okay, so here's I'm going to jump right into this. I don't care if you're not done yet. So I'm going to say this. I think eight games is a little too much. Because, like he said, one-eighth of the season. I don't think that's quite fair. He didn't actually hit them in the head. But still, four games, I think four games would have been perfect because he's headhunting, doing it on purpose, and, and he didn't even have a reason to. He didn't. He wasn't even on the 2017 team. I don't know why he was doing that. He's just, he's just an idiot. He's just a jerk. Anyway. He's always been like that. He's always been inconsistent. No, he's been always hunting at people's heads. That's why, that's why Yankee fans booed him off the field and threw trash at him last year because he's I that much was, of an idiot. But I believe it was Jose Urania that um threw a ball and broke Ronald Acuna's wrist and put him out for like six weeks and he only had a three game suspension in an 162 game season. And Joe Kelly makes faces at the Astros bench and he gets that suspended was not the reason season. okay first of all he started a bench clearing altercation that's not allowed to happen. You cannot have a bench clear in this kind of time. It's you just can't. He also was talking back at them. He threw at their heads. That's like it's. That's the Astros' fault for responding. What do you mean responding? They didn't do anything. He was the one that was talking talking back to their dugout. I don't even know why he even started it anyway. He had no reason. He wasn't even on that team. If it was Cody you know, Bellinger doing it, okay, I don't care. You know, you know, why I can tell you. I can tell you why he started it. It's because players are sick of cheating, and I know you're going to bring up the Yankees, and they were just caught. They, there was the Red Sox did the same thing. He was on well, the same team. Why would you say that? I understand. No, if he was that. a part of a cheating. Then, then he should. Okay, be okay, okay. That makes, but here's, that makes wait, no sense. They look. So yes, I know the Yankees, Red Sox, Astros. They all cheated. Let's be honest. They they didn't. Most of them didn't get the punishment that they deserved. Uh, Yankees have not been punished yet. They likely will be. Um, but look, eight games is way too much. Eight games in an 162-game season, perfect. That is that is a good suspension in 162 games. But we're talking 60. So I think really 
three games. So in my opinion, free Joe Kelly. But back to the yeah. whole thing, I just think players are sick of it. You know, Jock Peterson, the uh, center fielder for the uh, Dodgers, he said he, that he doesn't think any of the team, uh, whoever wins the World Series this year, should have an asterisk by their name because they're not cheating their way to get there. So okay, well, here's players, the thing. Here's players the thing. are sick of the people- cheating. They didn't – okay, this is also the thing. People are getting wrong. They they think the Astros cheated their whole way to the World Series. They just did it through the regular season, first of all. Like, you can't – they even said you can't bang a trash can in a, a crowd that's filled with – I don't know how many people sit in their stadium, like 40,000. You can't do that. It, it doesn't make sense. And they – I get why Jock Peterson's mad because he was on that team. That makes sense. But Joe Kelly – Guess what? He was on a team that cheated anyway, and they got suspended. They got fined okay. for it or whatever. Okay. Here, that, here's that, the thing. It was ridiculous for him to do that. That was I hate him anyway. He's always been hated by everyone. And suddenly everybody's a fan of him, even though he's been doing that for like half of his career. The people that got punished the most for what happened in the Astros organization had moved on from the Astros. No, it was be- well, Nolan Ryan left because he knew that was gonna happen. He didn't and and AJ Hinch, I think AJ Hinch deserved to be gone because he was the main person behind it. So I, I think that they got they don't think they got as much as they should have. But I think they, that was fine. They got rid of their they got they brought in like an eighty year old coach, you know. I mean, and, and that's a whole other conversation. But next, so our final question. Um... I just want to, you know, get your opinion. Will the season be cut short? We've seen now, like I said earlier, 20 plus games where they they aren't being played. And so do you guys think the season, first of all, will it finish? And what will the MLB do to make up those games? My short answer is that the MLB season will not finish. There's no way that they can keep everybody safe. You know, if you've had two outbreaks within 10 games, 10 game, ten games into the 60-game season, we have no idea how much more is going to happen. And, you know, the teams that have been affected so far, you could argue that Rob Manford has been showing a little bit of grace so far just because they're two teams that weren't really supposed to compete, Cardinals and Marlins. But it, let's, just say it was, let's just say it was the Yankees or the Astros or the Cubs – or somebody else like that, would they have canceled or suspended the season? I think yes. I mean, I don't think the season will be finished. There's there's a chance. I think the NBA and NHL have better, a significantly more higher chance to finish a season, you know, because they're in a, a bubble and all that. But I, it's just it's it's really confusing. You don't know what's gonna happen. You don't know the future. We don't know what is gonna happen. We don't know. It might just just take over, and then there will be no baseball in, in a month. It's it's really hard to tell. And and if it was the Dodgers, the Yankees, or someone like that, I don't. It would be. I would feel like Manfred would give. It, it would be a disaster if that happened. You know, because I know but, the Yankees um, had a game postponed on Tuesday. They moved it to Wednesday because of rain. But that didn't, you know. You also you also have to look at the NHL and the NBA had a chance to virtually finish their regular season, so they didn't have to send as many guys there. So, you know, the MLB had to start on a fresh slate. You know, they have to complete sixty games. 
you know, well, so many also, pieces. It, it, it's, it's Rob Manfred's fault that this is happening. Because, or not, he's not his fault for the virus, obviously, but he could have done something in March or February when they kind of knew what was going to happen when all the sports were getting canceled that he has to perform right then and now. He didn't do that. That's why we're in this situation. And, of course, it's we already talked about it in the beginning. I'm not going to get back on that. Yeah, I. so my key for Rob Manfred, if he wants the season to finish, which I believe that it can, I'm saying at this point it's like a 50-50. Last week I would have told you there's a 20% chance the season finishes, but I think the MLB has begun to handle things a little bit better. But what they need to do is they really do need to crack down. They need to stop players from going to clubs. They need to stop them from going to casinos. They need to do what the uh, the NBA did. You know, you have Lou Williams stopping at stopping to get wings, uh, and you know he comes back, and the the NBA says, "Well, you have to quarantine. You're going to end up missing two games, so you you have to quarantine for 14 days because you broke the rules." So the MLB needs to set some sort of guidelines, whether it's like the NFL is doing where they have a person follow that team around and make sure that they are following the rules. If that's what you have to do, do it because baseball cannot afford to have their season end because that will be the death of baseball. Yeah. I, and I think the NFL is, is progressively getting worse right now. You know, the, the opt-out day is Thursday. You've seen a lot of big players opt out. So it's going to be tough for both leagues to be able to start – NFL to start and finish and the MLB the season to finish. You know, I'm just sort of – I just wanted to touch up on your um, comment saying that it will be the death of baseball. You know, you can't really say that it will be the death of baseball considering that you look at certain stadiums and you could consider the stadiums dead, like the Orioles, the Rays, the Marlins. But then you can also look at Wrigley Field, Dodger Stadium, um, Fenway, and they're consistently packed. So you can't really just say that it's going to be the automatic death of baseball. I think the more, I think the more death of baseball is that kids these days, like growing up and getting to be the age of playing baseball, aren't aren't just looking at it, and it's not just fun to them. That's that's it wasn't the case like eight years ago. It's just now baseball apparently is getting less fun to watch you know they're that's why they're trying to cut down on on the hours of on the time of games and the just all the types of things that, that makes it boring apparently to other people they're trying to do that to save they the baseball because it's been going down for years there's less less and less kids playing in in rec leagues and and all that stuff like here in denton they didn't have a league this year. oh i don't know if they did or not but it's just it's, it's well, falling I apart think- and they have to fix it I think if you want to look at what contributed to a major decline in the game of baseball, and this may sound confusing at first, but I would say the Golden State Warriors. And the reason is Golden State, when they built that super team, even just with Clay, Draymond, and Steph Curry, that is when basketball really began to pick up. It, of course, you know, gained traction with LeBron James, but the Splash Brothers, as they're called, really helped the game of basketball propel itself to being the second biggest sport in America behind the NFL. So I don't know 
I have no answer for baseball as to what they can do. I, I don't like them shortening games because I think it takes away from the aspect of baseball itself. But I I just I'm hoping that these young guys that we talked about earlier are gonna help revive the game. But I as for kids playing baseball, I just don't know what to do about it. You can't. It's I don't no idea what to do. You can't. It's probably it's impossible to fix it. There's nothing. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us here at Three and a Half Guys. Uh, thankful for all of you listeners. And uh, if you have not heard, we are running a fantasy football league. So stay tuned. We, I, we've already put out information on social media about that. But if you want to join, just uh, let us know and we will get you connected. 